played. Well, uh, I was driving home this week from work, and I was chatting with Holy Spirit about today, uh, about this, this talk and this sermon, because the topic today is Holy Spirit every day. And so there's just, there's a lot of places we could go within that, right? So I was just chatting with him, well, okay, what, what do you want to share? What, you know, all those kinds of things. And in the midst of that conversation, he asked me, well, what, what's your favorite thing about me? And I thought about it, and I said, well, Holy Spirit, my favorite thing about you is that you're here, that, that you're, you're with us right now. You're with me right now. And, you know, in this sermon series, we've talked a lot about the power of Holy Spirit and that he fills us up and he gives us gifts and, and we get to go out and bring his message to the world. And that's awesome. But I want to switch gears a little bit this morning and focus instead on friendship with Holy Spirit. Because as much as I love the power encounters with Holy Spirit, I love that I get to minister with him. I also really love that he's just sitting in my car with me. And if we're talking about Holy Spirit every day, we're talking about a daily communion with him. And that's friendship. You know, John started this series with 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of Holy Spirit. The message translation calls it the intimate friendship of Holy Spirit. He is our intimate friend. He's a really good friend. And honestly, it's kind of funny to hear myself say that because when I first met Holy Spirit, when I first encountered the, the manifest presence of God, I did not want to be his friend. I didn't like him. See, I, I became a Christian in a church that believed and taught that Holy Spirit came at the moment of salvation, and that was it, and that he came to convict us, and he came to comfort us. And there's biblical truth in that, absolutely. He does come to comfort. He does come to convict. We read about that in the book of John. It's mentioned multiple times. He does come to us the moment we become a Christian, the moment of salvation, all of that is true. But to say that that is all he is and all he does is a very theologically conservative perspective on him, okay? But that's, uh, that's the church I became a Christian in. But just seven months later of being a Christian, I was on the foreign mission field. And I was working with a missions organization that was very charismatic, really like Pentecostal. Okay, so theologically, the opposite side of the spectrum, specifically around their beliefs about Holy Spirit. And uh, in this missions organization, we had a training week, and there was a Holy Spirit night at this training week. And so they prayed, come Holy Spirit, and he came. But no one explained to me, like, what was going on. No one um, gave any context for, for what was going to happen or what could happen or, or how he moves. So I 
was terrified. I, I had no grid for Holy Spirit at all. And all of a sudden, there's these people over here who are laughing hysterically. And there's a guy in the back who's getting set free from demonic oppression. And I saw someone fall over. And then the girl next to me, she has what I call a tambourine hand. And it's going a mile a minute. And, and, then, and then some dude comes up to me. And he puts his hand on my head and starts praying over me in tongues. And I said, excuse you? I do not know you. And I do not know what you are praying. So no thank you. I'd only been taught about Jesus. I'd been taught about the goodness and kindness and mercy of Jesus. And that he points us to the Father who loves me unconditionally. But I hadn't been taught that Holy Spirit is an equal member of the Trinity. I hadn't been taught that Jesus actually gives us Holy Spirit as a gift, that he gives us his spirit, his presence to us as a gift. I hadn't been taught that he tells us just before he goes to the cross in John 16, this is him talking to the disciples, and Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This must have been a really weird moment for the disciples because they had given their lives for Jesus. They were sold out for him. They loved this person, Jesus. They knew he was the Messiah and the king, and so they uprooted everything for him. And now all of a sudden, he's saying he's got to go. What, where are you going? What's going on? And so Jesus reassures them, no, it's, it's good that I go. It's good because, because if I go, then the advocate's going to come. The helper's going to come. Holy Spirit is going to come to you. And he's really good. But I hadn't been taught any of that. So I was scared and very confused because I didn't feel convicted, and I also definitely didn't feel comforted. So I was like, what is happening but Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He knows where we're at and what we need. He doesn't force himself on us. And he's full of patience. He's very patient, but he's also persistent. And so for months after that, he pursued me. And I started to see how he moved in worship and in ministry moments. And I saw how he was impacting my friends' lives. And so finally, I said yes to him, and I had an encounter with him. And we talk about these kind of moments and encounters as the filling of Holy Spirit or the baptism of Holy Spirit. Phil talked about it a few weeks ago, so um, if you did miss that, definitely go back and listen to it. But what I want to say about that moment is before, who I was before and who I was after was different. I had Holy Spirit the whole time. You get Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. I had him in my life. But before that moment, I was insecure. I thought God definitely had the wrong person. I never would have preached, ever. And after that moment, I knew who I was. 
I didn't have it all figured out. Of course not. But, but I knew I had gifts and I had a boldness and a courage for Jesus that I didn't have before. And so within a few days, I was prophesying over strangers. Within a month, I was giving my first sermon. But what happened in that moment is that I gave Holy Spirit permission. I gave him permission to move through me and to move in me. I said, Holy Spirit, every door of my heart is open to you. I want you in every moment, every piece of my life. I want you, Holy Spirit. I need you. And in the years since, he has done amazing things in my life and through me. I've, I've gotten to lead people to Jesus and heal the sick and to, to pray for people and prophesy and, and see miracles. If all he is to me is that power, if all he is to me is a ministry tool or his gifts, I've missed him. Because, yeah, he is the God and the friend who does wild, awesome things and and does signs and wonders and these beautiful, beautiful things. But he's also the friend who sits with me when I cry. And the friend who has made me laugh till my sides ache. He's the friend who, when I lost my bank card, told me where to find it. Holy Spirit is the friend who taught me how to make pancakes. That's not a joke. I'm not being silly. He literally taught me how to make pancakes. I'm talking like the American thick fluffy ones, okay? Because... (laughs) Because... I was really upset one day, because I'm a good cook, but I could not flip the pancake. I just kept messing it up, and I'd make a mess, and they were never right, and they'd be undercooked or burnt, and it just, I just, I couldn't get it. And I was genuinely upset by this. And I was just chatting with my friend Holy Spirit about it. And that night, I had a dream. And in the dream, Holy Spirit came, and he taught me how to flip pancakes. And I woke up the next morning, and I knew how to do it. And I've known how to do it ever since. And I make great pancakes. And that is because, that's because of Holy Spirit. And you might think that's really silly. But that's who he is. He comes into our little moments. He comes into our ordinary mundane, seemingly insignificant moments. The same way he comes in the big. The same way he comes and heals and moves during powerful worship times as a body. He does both. He's he's our friend and he's God in both. But if we want him to be our everyday friend... We need to treat him like our friend. And so that means listening to him, talking to him, getting to know him, knowing what he likes and what he doesn't. It means respecting and honoring him the way we do our friends. You know, I'm, I'm good friends with Beth over here, and um, if I ignored Beth all the time, that would hurt our friendship. 
It might make my life easier. <laughs> That's what she said. I didn't say that. But, but it would hurt our connection, right? If I said to her, sorry, we can only hang out on Sundays between 10.30 and 12. Or um, if I dishonored or downplayed her work, or if I, if, if I know she hates peanut butter, she's allergic to peanut butter, and I keep giving her peanut butter toast, and I keep eating it in her face, that's going to damage our connection, right? But we do the same thing with Holy Spirit, and then we wonder, why don't I feel close to him? If we ignore, oops, sorry. If we ignore Holy Spirit when he speaks, if we only pay attention to him in corporate gatherings, if we do something that we know he doesn't like and that we know hurts him, our friendship with him is going to be damaged. It's going to be weakened. When Holy Spirit asks me to stop doing something, I stop doing it. If he tells me to turn off the TV or to go apologize to someone or whatever it is, I do it. And some of us think we have a sin issue, and actually, you just have a lack of friendship with Holy Spirit issue. Because if we really knew that he was so close to us and he was with us every moment, we might think twice before we went on that website or if we told that lie. You know, we, he wants to be a part of our every moment. So we invite him into those moments because we love him and because he loves us and because we're his friend and we want our friend in our every day. Most of our lives is those small, ordinary moments. Most of your life is not, you know, ministering and praying for people and, and worshiping in these big gatherings or, or, you know, telling people about Jesus on the street. The majority of your life is not those things. The majority of your life is, is parenting and integrity at your job and dealing with conflict with your friends or coworkers or your spouse. It's the, the morning commute during rush hour and, you know, going to Aldi for one thing and then realizing they don't have that one thing, right? <laughs> That's what the majority of our lives is. These ordinary, mundane moments. But Holy Spirit is in those two. And he wants to be in those two. He wants to connect with us in those. And so we can invite him into that. A year or two ago, it was actually when I was struggling to connect with the Lord, I was just having my morning cup of coffee, as I do every morning. And I wasn't even, I don't even think I was like praying or doing anything. But all of a sudden, I just felt Holy Spirit lean down and whisper to me, every sip of coffee is a prayer. Every sip of coffee is a prayer. And what he meant by that is that every moment I'm connected to him. 
He's with me every single moment. And so when I become aware of that, I have communion with him all the time. Even when I'm just sipping my coffee. Even just sitting and breathing. Every moment is sacred because he's with me in it. We just need to recognize that and invite him into it. You know, we don't pray, come Holy Spirit, because he's gone somewhere. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's with us. We pray, come Holy Spirit, because we want him to know he's wanted here. You're not just allowed to be here. Holy Spirit, come because we want you, because we need you here. That's what that prayer is. It's us recognizing we need him and we want him and we love him. So come, friend, come, come, be this close with us. And so I've tried to uh, be really intentional about this, really intentional about inviting him into my boring small moments. So, um, you know, I'm going to tell you some of the things I do, but think of your own life and how you can invite him into it. For me, when I'm at a restaurant and I can't decide between two things, I ask Holy Spirit what to get. And he's never steered me wrong. (laughs) I love art museums. Love them. And so when I go to an art museum, I talk to Holy Spirit about the art. I tell him what I like. I tell him what I don't like. I include him in that moment. We had a moment in the office this week where uh, we needed to make a decision about something, and, and it wasn't like a massive decision. You know, there wasn't really a right or wrong answer to it. And so someone asked me for, for my opinion on it, and I said, I don't know. Let's ask Holy Spirit. I include him in my day. I include him in, in the mundane. Because if we don't do that, if we don't invite him in to our everyday moments, we will only see him in the big. We'll only look for him in the big. The, the big moments of, of worship or breakthrough or, or where you prophesy over someone or, or you get to pray for someone and you see healing. Those really wonderful things, they are all really good, wonderful, beautiful things. But if I am just collecting those moments... I'm collecting the moments of, of the, the healing or where I, I wept in his presence or I fell out in his power. Then all I've done is collect a bunch of souvenirs. I don't have a friendship or relationship with him. And I can tell you right now, souvenirs will not sustain you. A relationship with Holy Spirit will. Honestly, my relationship with Holy Spirit is how I've survived. I, I definitely wouldn't be in full-time ministry still if it weren't for him. I don't even think I'd be following Jesus still if it weren't for him, if it weren't for my daily connection with him. Because he is always with me, always. So Holy Spirit has seen me through every heartbreak, every trial, every conflict, every criticism. When I walk off this stage, his is the voice I want to hear first. He knows me like no one else. He knows you like no one else. 
And he's with us in all of it. He's with us in every moment. Even in this moment, he's with me. He's with you. And in this moment, and in this one, and this one, and even this one, and even this one, he's with us every single moment. Jesus talks about him this way uh, in, in John 14. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Holy Spirit is with us forever. He's with you. He's in you. And it doesn't matter if it's a big moment or a small moment. It doesn't matter if it's a mountaintop season or a valley season. He's with you in it. That closeness. He's constantly with you. He's your constant companion. I was... um, I was reading Psalm 23 this week, and it's a pretty well-known uh, passage, but we always, I think we usually, read this passage talking and thinking about Jesus, because it starts off with, the Lord is my shepherd, and Jesus is known as the good shepherd, so we always just kind of like see this through the Jesus lens. But actually, when I read it this week, I saw so clearly the Trinity at work in it, and especially Holy Spirit and his closeness to us. And so I want to read it together, but I want you to read it through the lens of Holy Spirit and his constant companionship with you. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesakes. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now the thing that has really stuck out to me about this passage is that all of these beautiful promises that his goodness and love follow us and my cup overflows and there's a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's happening in the valley. It doesn't say, right, when you get to the end of the valley, then goodness and love are going to come with you. Then the cup's going to overflow. No, it says, in the valley, where your enemies are, I got a table for you. I got a feast for you. And that is only possible because Holy Spirit is with you at the table. He's with you in the valley. 
Do you... Do you... This is like... This is crazy to me. He prepares a table for us in the valley, in the presence of our enemies. That means our enemies have to watch us feast. That means that if you are struggling with sin, sin has to watch you feast on righteousness and purity. Depression has to watch you feast on joy. Anxiety watches you feast on peace. Sickness and disappointment and discouragement and whatever has come against you and your relationship with Jesus, it has to watch you feast on the goodness and fullness that God has for you. That is available to you in the valley. That is available to you in front of your enemies. Jesus. Jesus, and that is the reality and the promise of Holy Spirit. The point of Holy Spirit is not his power. It's not a ministry tool. Holy Spirit is not a means to an end. The point of Holy Spirit is companionship. The point of Holy Spirit is that God loved you so much that he wanted to be with you through every single moment, through every bit of grief, through every bit of joy. He wanted to be with you in the big and the small and the boring and the exciting and everything in between. That is the point of Holy Spirit. That is the promise of Holy Spirit, that we are never alone. Jesus. And I don't know what, what the enemy for you is today or what the valley is. I don't know what you think you need today. But I can sum it up for you right now. You need Holy Spirit. And so let's invite our friend to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, 